Hello and welcome inside the video vault with JB and Eddie. I'm your host, JB. Hey, I'm, Ed I'm Eddie. Sorry, I have a little bit of food in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, Eddie is enjoying some powdered donuts. So this podcast, uh, you may have heard us our first episode um, for Field of Dreams. That's We referred to ourselves as Cinemania. Found out before we uploaded, there is already a Cinemania podcast. So here we are. We, we will now be called the Video Vault. Video Vault. Can't talk. Uh, yeah, find us on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at VideoVault underscore PC. Uh, Eddie and I are both equally in charge of the Twitter account. Yeah, so, so it's going to get real weird at some point. Yeah, you know, be, it, it, I'm okay. fully ready to admit that Eddie is much funnier than I am. No, no, no. It's just more, it'll get real surreal. <laughs> so that Josh will post, like, the relevant information, and then every once in a while you'll get a tweet that's just, like, a volcano in, like, <laughs> the, you know, like, the Antarctic or something. Like, some sort of surreal thing, because I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, follow us on Twitter, videovault underscore PC. PC's obviously for podcast. Now, as much as the show is about, you know, movies, pop culture, maybe some gaming, dash of sports, and it's also about pro wrestling, because Eddie and I are both huge pro wrestling fans, mm -hmm. this episode's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little more freeform. There aren't any notes for this one. Uh, That's my specialty. <laughs> yes, it is. Anyway, so uh, tonight it's going to be more about watching uh, WWE No Mercy, which we just finished and rewatched a couple of matches for. Uh, we're just going to go through the card. And uh, just give our opinions. It's and yeah, we're just gonna gonna kind of wing it. All right, so a lot of build up for this for this pay per view, mm -hmm. leading up to it because you got the Beast Brock Lesnar, the Universal Champion on Raw, going up against Braun Strowman, the Monster Among Men. Now the the card itself was great, and I found out today, surprise on the pre show, Elias versus Apollo Cruz. Okay. So, it's just a case of, all right, Elias, they're trying to build him up as a good mid-card heel. Apparently, he's got a few Cena set for the future. Uh, what? I didn't know that. Yeah, that that's from a, that's from WrestleTalk, Ollie Davis. Oh, man, just wrestling, hey, referencing other podcasts, that's pretty meta. Yeah, I mean, well, that's that's YouTube. Watch them on Wrestle, watch them, uh, WrestleTalk TV. They're actually quite good. Oh, you're right, it's YouTube. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but... Anyway, I, I'm just so sad at what Apollo Crews has become. Because you saw him on the Indies as Uha Nation. Uha Nation, yeah. Yeah, and he was so much fun in NXT. I'm wondering, did, did they rush his promotion? Has he just been, he, had that, he had that IC title match with the Miz at SummerSlam uh, last year. But it's just, now he's with Titus O'Neil as part of Titus Worldwide. Yeah. It's like, he, he deserves more than that, I'd say. I agree. He's one of the most physically gifted, well... Um, I mean, he's like, uh, you know, like well-rounded wrestlers. Yeah. And um, they moved him up from like, you know, NXT within like a month or whatever, like two months. Like he had no real feuds down there. Yeah, because he debuted at the first NXT Brooklyn. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so, so that, that's less than a year in the minors, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like, he was never a good talker to begin with, and now suddenly he's going to get brought up. Like, what were they thinking, to be quite honest? Like, what were they literally thinking when they brought Apollo Crews up? Because there's no explanation. Baron Corbin got, like, kind of a weird call-up, uh, which is fine. Elias was called up properly. Like, they yeah, did because you, you could make the argument that in 2016, at, at the point where both Corbin and Cruz were called up, it was a lot of it had to do with the fact that the roster was just depleted with injuries. Yeah. Yeah, because at that point, John Cena was out, Seth Rollins was out, um, Cesaro was out, although he came back the night after WrestleMania that year. 
there the list goes on. There were so many pe- key players who were injured. Yeah, and then they just ended up bringing him up with no explanation as to who he is, what he's all about, and uh, and he's just like in the, he's like a fr- he's he's gonna. You know, honestly, I I think I, I'm done talking about this this match. To be honest, yeah, I, it's just... I, I do have a good segue though. Sure. If Apollo Cruz, uh, so basically, the problem that Apollo Cruz currently has, uh, which he will probably never get over, is a problem that is facing the uh, a member of the first match of the night, which is the, uh, Jason Jordan, who went up against the Miz, and that's called a segue, Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, Edward. All right, so Jason Jordan, he's uh, facing the Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, you and I have talked several times about how Miz's current run with the IC title, because he's had two different ones in the last year, mm-hmm. and this is probably one of the best runs of his career, if not the best. You mean this part of it, or like just the in gen- entire thing? Just in general. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm talking April 2016 up until now. Okay, that's important. Yeah, that's important to think, because yeah. he, he, he did have the IC... He did lose the IC title for like a little bit. Yeah, when he was feuding with uh, Ambrose, Ziggler, uh, and then Ambrose. Yes, so I just want yeah. to make sure by that by runs you meant that um, what do you call it like this? I'm 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 gonna talk about this whole thing as one run with the IC title. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I want to make sure because like it's it's one run of being in the IC title picture. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um. Phenomenal. It's so good. It's amazing. Uh, that man turned is an, it must be an alchemist. He turns the shittiest of shit into pure gold. It's so good. It's so good. The man is a monster. I don't think you guys understand me. The man is so good at his job. <laughs> the man is so good. I, I would actually, if you really want to see something crazy, go and look up the Miz's first promo. Go do it. I swear to God. I'll wait. Oh, yeah, from uh, like right after he got off Tough Enough. Yeah, yeah, hang on. I'm waiting. All right, so you just looked it up. It's awesome. He cannot talk. It is so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> it's like just laughable how terrible it is. And then, and then he just comes out of nowhere with the the Daniel Bryan shoot. Like, what is what? Yeah. So, um, for those who are listening or pro wrestling fans, you obviously remember the SmackDown after show, Talking Smack, at which GM Daniel Bryan kind of called Miz out for wrestling safe, being kind of a coward not really being a true fighting champion, Miz turns beet red. Like, I'm staring at a stuffed purple uh, marshmallow peep I have on my, co- on my uh, couch end table right now. It's not far off from the color of the, the uh, Miz's face turns yeah. during this promo. And then, I mean, it's just, it's just phenomenal. Just go look it up. It's awesome. Yeah, and, but anyway, so, this, so he's since moved from SmackDown to Raw. He's going up against Jason Jordan, who in some weird storyline that I'm still trying to understand is Raw GM Kurt Angle's son. I mean, he could be half black, half white. He could. It's like, and for what it's worth, he kind of has the same in-ring moves as Kurt Angle to a certain degree. Yeah, he's more, like, Angle is a lot more finesse. He has just, like, a lot of power. Well, Jordan's also a lot bigger than than Angle. So, but anyway, so Intercontinental title match went exactly the way I anticipated, you know, uh, Jordan gets in some offense. Miz looks like kind of a whiner. Mr. Raj, Curtis Axel, and Bo Dallas get involved. Uh, Jordan eats a eats a punch into the skull for a crushing finale. Yeah. And uh, and then he gets pinned. Then cuts this short promo saying, "I'd love to have a rematch." Um, hey, you know Miz, you know how they always chant, "My dad sucks." Well, guess what, Miz, you really suck. It was definitely the best promo he's ever cut. Ah. 
Is that verbatim what happened? No, no, no. I, I, I butchered the hell out of that. Oh, thank God, because I was like, that sounds like a Jason Jordan promo. It, it, and it was a Jason it's Jordan like, promo, it's, it's like, it, but for what it's worth... You know say, my dad sucks? Well, if you saw my face, you'd laugh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you suck. And it's just like, <laughs> like, it's just so... Dude, I'd rather be a champion. I'd rather have never have a title in this company than be your friend, Miz. Like, it's like... Why are you so bad at talking? Yeah. Like, he just... It's so bad. Um, but I would like to go back to the Miz for a second, because anytime I can, I will talk about that person forever. <laughs> he did a promo so scathing against Kurt Angle and Jason Jordan, who are not related, to the point where I was like, yo, stop making fun of that dude's dad. <laughs> <laughs> I remember stop that. Stop it. Stop making fun of this dude's dad. Like, that's really... And then I was like, oh, I forgot. <laughs> They're not related at all. That's not a big deal. He's so good at yeah. his job. It's just, you know what it is? It's just all those acting lessons from, like, the Marine 5, like, worked out, I guess, for Now on demand on Fios, Time Warner, or wait, wait, what's Time Warner called now? Spectrum? Spectrum, yeah. Don't get Spectrum, folks. It's terrible. Yeah. Speaking of terrible, let's move on to our next match. That would have been Bray Wyatt versus your boy Finn Balor. Yes. So by that, by terrible, I mean, like, terribly Good. Uh, it was okay. It was, a, it's, it was a down the middle match. Yeah, this is this is a few that, sh- for my money, should have ended at SummerSlam. But hey, Samoa Joe gets hurt. Let's rehash it again. Yeah, I think um, what was good about this match is it had a lot more energy. Um, Balor looked like a very strong babyface. Um, it was like one of those moments. It was one of those. It was a for what the program has been versus what the match was. That match, if it had just a better storyline, would have been like match of the night. Yeah, uh, it was just like kind of a whatever. It was a good out- outing for Wyatt too. Yeah, because because it starts out Wyatt comes out looks like the guy at the party who, who as some guy, some guy on Twitter said, "Oh, he's the guy at the party who you definitely know as weed." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I I just say, hey, this is what happens when Santa retires and goes on Swamp People. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Bray Wyatt's really good at it. Bray Wyatt has. I'd rather have good Bray Wyatt matches that end in losses for him than like. Bad Bray Wyatt, match. you know what I mean? Like this one, I'd say was slightly better than the SummerSlam one, only in the sense that once Finn got the ring, um, Wyatt just bum rushed him. They tried selling the rib injury. Yeah, and I mean, and then and then Val he goes, "Oh, Finn, you're a you're not a demon. You're a coward. Ugh, follow the buzzards." Yeah, and oh, then yeah. Finn's like, "That's it. Taking off my nice blue jacket that goes with my nice new blue trunks." And yeah, what was up with that? I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah and, and surprise, Balor gets the win. Yeah, Balor's good at his job, man. What do you expect? I mean, anybody who thought that Balor wasn't going to win this match, I mean, hats off to you for having optimism that, like, they could paint themselves out in a corner or something. No, that was good. I mean, it was a fine match. It was like, all right, it is what it is. Um, it didn't end in some sort of weird way. Uh, you know, Bray looked really strong. Uh, yeah, it was fine. I guess it yeah, fine. not really sure where it goes from here. I mean, I think it'll probably go back to... Then probably Joe. And yeah, because Joe, Joe will be back. In Joe's back. expected back very soon. Samoa, okay, it, Samoa Joe, that is, yes. ladies and gentlemen. He'll, he'll be on. He'll be or or Balor starts feuding with the Beast. Like I have a feeling Balor's gonna do. He's gonna feud with Rock. I don't know when, but no. Either way, I mean, he's up and coming. They're they're letting him do his thing. Maybe his promos will get a little better in the near future. Mm. <coughs> Pardon me, ladies and gentlemen. That kind of snuck up on me. First and, t- first and last time I burp on this. So then I believe after that it was the tag team match. 
which, what for my money and yours, was Match of the Night. Oh, hell yeah. So we had Seth, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, the Raw Tag Team Champions, going, going up against uh, Sheamus and Cesaro, who they beat at SummerSlam, and well, was definitely a match of that pay-per-view as well. I wouldn't say... I would say... Uh, you're talking about SummerSlam? Yeah. Oh, I mean, the Fatal 4-Way, come on. All right, Fatal 4-Way, but this match was a very close second. This match was... No, no, no. My, my favorite match of the... My match of the night for SummerSlam was... AJ uh, versus Owens? Oh, no, I was a little bored. I did like uh, it, but it was so technical and so... Anyway. I was kind of like, ah, uh, no, the Usos are the new day. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's backtrack to, um, to this fight, because... Rollins and Ambrose are showing that despite their their history, you know, going back to the Shield, Rollins turns on the Shield, they have their mini feud, Rollins gets injured, they have their mini feud upon Rollins' return, thanks to Money in the Bank. They're working great together. Yeah, they're doing great. Yeah, they it's clear why the Shield was so popular as it was for so long. These two, they they just know how to work with each other. They have great in ring chemistry, yeah. especially with Sheamus and Cesaro. Yeah, I mean, you know. I always like to talk about... I love the story of Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Um, I think it's a per, it's just such a great tragedy. Um, but also comedy, I guess. Yeah. Um, where... Uh, where... Um, when Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins first showed up on... Like, in the indie... Uh, not the indies. Uh, the development... NXT. For, well, it wasn't really NXT yet. It was like FCW. Oh, yeah. Florida Championship, um, yeah. Yeah, they, like, immediately got into a feud. Like, the first feuds together within the WWE were with one another. Or yeah. I think Seth Federer, I don't know, but it was, like, it's like yeah. they've been doing this feud and brotherhood thing for such a long time. But it's just so good. Um, and then you know that they're going to have to fight again. You know you know they're never going to, they're, they're not supposed to be friends, but they're not supposed to be enemies. Yeah. But they're always going to be in that middle ground. Oh, no, it's very Shawn Michaels Triple H to me. Yeah. And look how great that feud was for yeah. almost 20 years. Yeah. And and not only that, just... I don't know what it was, but this match had a very TNA feel to me. And I'm talking good TNA. Talking like 2006? Yeah. All like right. 2005, 2006. All right, yeah. Just because it was clear they said with this match, hey, just go out there, put on a show, just make sure that Rollins and Ambrose get over. Call your... Like, we're going to let you call your own spots in this match. Yeah. It, it was... It, it was very clear that this match was not heavily choreographed. No. From, like, for months. There was, um... A couple things about this match. One, yeah, I agree. It, isn't, it wasn't very choreographed. It was just, like, just go out there and be the best that you can be. Yeah, tear the yeah. house down, as they but say. You, you did great. Um, but then there was also... It started off being, like, this is gonna be technical, you know? It yeah. started off being, like, they were, like... The very beginning of the match, like no one attacked each other in the beginning. It was just a very yeah. started off very like, ba ba, like plain way to go, and then it gets really exciting because you know then you start getting like the the te- the, the hot tag teases and stuff like right. that, which you know they did about three hot tags, which is just unbelievable. Because um, usually it's just one. And then we had that that moment that you were, that you just had to watch maybe twice just to make sure that you saw it right where. This is something a little more I'd, I'd anticipate more from, let's say, an old Halloween Havoc from WCW, where Cesaro goes face first into the turnbuckle, padded, mind you, and loses three of his teeth. Yeah, he loses three of his teeth straight up. Three of his front teeth on the top, yeah. mind you. And uh, so. what's so amazing about that was that was the moment when the match was like suddenly shifted a whole gear. Like they talk about that a lot, where they're like, oh, it feels like 
when people are being critical of wrestling, I don't feel like it ever hit like second gear. That yeah. was like a very visceral moment where you're like, this has just hit second gear. Now, and then to the point where like, then you can have the cool effect of Seth Rollins doing the super kick on Cesaro and then him getting up and knocked out and then like blood splattering out of his mouth like some sort yeah. of like gang reel ripoff. It was awesome. And then the shit just continues, sorry, excuse my language, it just continues to go. It just continues to go. And then you just have them, it's like this feeling of like they just are just trying to one-up every move. And then Ambrose, who just won't kick out, who just won't, uh, who just won't die, which is the Ambrose we should be seeing more of. Like yeah, taking he, a licking. He, he's Mick Foley 2.0, is what he is. Yeah, he's like taking a licking, man. I mean, the entire time. I think there were like four or five times where we were like, Ambrose going down, and he did it. Yeah, I mean, this is the guy who, he was in the sharpshooter by way of Cesaro. Yes. In the sharpshooter... Pretty much does a full-on push-up to try and walk towards the rope. Gets pretty close. Then gets put into the Crippler crossface. And then still has to be in that for about another minute or so before he finally grabs the rope and they have to break the count. And what's even better about it is they were doing this whole storyline where, oh yeah, because Cesaro does the Cesaro swing into the steps so that it looked like, so he had to play it off that like his shoulder got dislocated. He actually like went up against the barricade and started smashing it against the barricade. People were like, like, yo, like, he's really selling the story. So when he gets put in the crossface, you're like, oh, that's really bad. When he gets um, kicked in the arm by Cesaro, like, Cesaro and Sheamus did such a great job with their, like, actual technical skills of just, like, yeah. telling a story. So before you really felt Ambrose was going to lose a lot. Oh, and then and then the the uh, Irish, no, the uh, white noise into that powerbomb off of the... Off the rope. That was great. Back. And then just... Because Sheamus and Cesaro are already great heels. Well, let's just talk about that moment really quick, because yeah. that was a callback to SummerSlam. Yeah. Because you were like, oh, there's Seth Rollins about to knock, and knock Cesaro off the ropes because he's yeah. awesome. And then Cesaro and Sheamus realize, or like Cesaro realizes that like he's going to fall for that again. Nope. Yeah, so he take, goes into the Tree of Woe. To, to, into a power Into bomb. a powerbomb. Right after Sheamus hits White Noise on Ambrose. It was, and no, he, and then he hits Dean with the, it was like, Wow. Yeah. I would say there was one other moment I do want to talk about, and then we'll uh, go into what you're going to say. Uh, there's a moment where Dean's about to get pinned, and it's like, one, two, and he kicks out, which is awesome. Yeah. But what was really cool about that moment was that this moment, Seth Rollins was running in to stop Sheamus, he stopped the pin, and Cesaro ran interception. It was like, what a, like, an actual team move, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, I'm watching your back, but at least a little bit, like... You know, you'd expect Seth Rollins to break up the pin, right? But Cesaro yeah. running interception, you're like, yo, who who does that? Who runs interception on other people? You mean, you mean interference? Interference. He, interse- he intercepts the, uh, the the move. I guess. I'm yeah. Gonna say. Intercepts. The, yeah, but he he runs interference on Seth Rollins, and you're just kind of like, who does that anymore? It was just an all around like storytelling wise, great match, great build, okay build up. Um, yeah, definitely. This 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 team, this whole storyline is probably been the best part of Raw, in my opinion. Yeah, and just the way they turned up the heel heat on Sheamus and Cesaro, because you had the moment where Ambrose was on his knees, not looking real good, and Sheamus is going for the brogue kick, and then Cesaro just grabs Rollins by the face and says, hey, like, no, you're going to watch this. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, you're going to watch this. That was, that was great. That then, was... And then Ambrose just falls flat on his back, and Sheamus is like, really? Yeah. Oh, come on, get back up. I don't care. 
had it had the feel of this, I guess maybe like mid to late nineties action movie. Yeah, it did a little bit. It yeah. did have that moment where he's just like he's like Yeah, where it's like mid to late nineties action movie, guys getting the crap kicked out of him and gets up, he's like, Come on. Like 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 an on the waterfront where where Terry just keeps getting the, getting his face beat in by hmm. Lee J. Cobb and then like, just keeps getting up. Like well, the moment well, the part that's really great about it Sorry guys that he has donut in his mouth. Yeah, that'd be long. The part that was really great about it was he's about to hit that broad kick. Dean just falls and then he gets him in a roll up. What was so yeah. great about it was that it was so it was funny because it was relatable to like an action film where like it was just like yeah. the audience laughed at it. Only for him to get kind of roll up, it was like, wow, Dean's smarter than he lets on, you know, like this yeah. moment of like, yeah, he's usually considered me kind of like a dumbass. He's just like, he's like, nope, not taking this. <laughs> I'm not taking mm-hmm. this. And then he gets him in a roll up, which leads to the to end the, of the whole thing. To the finish where Cesaro gets bro kicked in the face by Seamus, even though he's kind of on the ropes. Rollins goes in, gives his sig- new signature knee to the face. And then on top of that, he's just like, then right into Dirty Deeds by Ambrose. Yeah. And so, um, I guess next up would be, maybe they're going to feud with the club, maybe it'll be the Usos for Survivor Series. Survival might be back, I think. Oh, I, I think it might be. I don't know. I think it may be the New Day might do it, actually. Maybe. I mean, it depends on who, that, that, whoever, whoever goes, I mean, that's a fun, because Survivor Series is a cross-brand pay-per-view, so. Yeah, but next up for, for Raw is TLC on October 22nd. Oh, yeah, but I think they'll be like a, I'll be home cell and TLC. Yeah, you really can't kind of... I mean, you could do Cesaro and Sheamus one more time, but I don't think that's a smart idea. I think, you could, I. I think you could play out... You could do a lot with the whole broken teeth angle. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to give them... I, I, you know what? I'll give them a minute, though. I'll give yeah. them a minute to figure out. They did such a great job today. They did. They yeah, really just, did. I'm not really excited for the next thing they're gonna do because I'm just like it's gonna be good. Why not? Yeah. Why not just um, just be happy for them, you know? Absolutely. The story's over. Now next up, this is gonna be a match where I think the opinion's gonna be split quite a bit because you've got the Fatal Five Way for the Raw Women's Championship. Yeah, good match. Yeah, you had Alexa Bliss, the champion, against Emma, Nia Jax, Bailey, and Sasha Banks. In a fatal five way. Now, the big storyline going into this, besides Bailey returning from injury last minute, was that Nia Jax flat out turned on Alexa Bliss, who's supposed to be her best friend. Yes. So Alexa wins the title back from Sasha Banks not long after SummerSlam, and then Nia Jax goes out to congratulate Alexa and then attacks her. Right. Um, now, you and I have had several conversations about how there have been several opportunities to make Nia Jax look strong, maybe put the belt on her, and then that opportunity has gone wasted. Yeah. Tonight was one of those times again. Yeah. I mean, okay, so, you mean... I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, in my personal opinion, because, uh, remember, you said TLC, which is October 28th? 22nd. 22nd, all right. That is three, four weeks now? Yeah. In four weeks, got Asuka coming up. Yeah. Who is for sure going to be there. Right. Who never lost her title in NXT, so she, and she has just beaten the big four on Raw, right? 
Yeah. She's beating all the women. I think Asuka is just gonna beat the, I think Asuka is just gonna um, take the title tonight of TLC. I think she's gonna take it off of Alexa Bliss. I think no. that's why. I think I think if you coronated Nia tonight, then Nia would have lost her championship in four weeks. Alexa Bliss though can take well. Her reign is good. It's great. It's amazing. And then Asuka is just going to murder her. I think they're gonna learn the lessons that they should have learned from Shinsuke. The whole that they learned yeah. from the Shinsuke Nakamura situation and the uh, yeah. I think they're gonna bow her. I think they're gonna bow her. Um, Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. And putting in that perspective, it, looks, it makes a lot more sense. Now, what I did like about this match is that even though I wasn't necessarily satisfied with the finish, it, every every one of the ladies got their moment in the sun. Oh, yeah. Emma looked like a fucking beast. Emma looked great. Nia looked great twice. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they all worked together and, to take her down like and they did she it also, And she also um, took that power bomb like a champ. Yeah. Uh, Bailey looked great. Sasha looked great. Really, at the end of the yeah. day, you know, really at the end of the day, uh, you know, Bailey took the pin, but she didn't look like a, a, a weakling. She looked like someone who was recovering from an injury. Yeah. And she got distracted for a second. Um, right. But and I do feel bad that she took the pin. Another think, another great moment for for my money was when Alexa tried to do her signature DDT on Nia Jax early in the match and didn't for obvious reasons because Nia Jax is six feet tall. And much bigger than the five foot tall Alexa Bliss, who probably weighs a hundred pounds soaking wet. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, it was uh, it was nice that everyone got their moment in the sun. I just feel that the finish, like in the end, was kind of anticlimactic, cheap. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think I think it did. I think it did fine. I think for the all the build. Build. I'm quoting build, but for yeah. all the um, for what it was, like everything that happened, yeah, yeah, that was fine. I mean, honestly, what they need to do is they need to have more. Ellie needed, like you could fit one woman's mid card storyline into this too. You know, like yeah, I thought SmackDown was doing a great job of that, of having a mid card for their, their women, um, and Raw was sort of doing that, but not really. And now neither are doing it, and it kind of makes me sad. Makes me very sad. Because no, now, like now you have to have five women in a in a in a championship match, or yeah. nobody gets paid. Right. Um, and then it ends up becoming a hot mess. Instead, you could have you could just have two women's mid card matches. Like it's not hard. Like, oh, you just have uh, a women's match over here, women's match over here, title match over here, title match over here. Honestly, not gonna take up any, It's not gonna take up too much time. You already had the women's champion. Just take like. Take, like, ten minutes off of Triple H's next match. You know? Like, there you go. <laughs> next match. Um, this was... Now, I'm kind of surprised this match aired where it did. And... and oh, Cena Reigns? Yeah. John Cena versus Roman Reigns. They're saying it's a WrestleMania-quality match. They And they have it go on third to last. And they just... They just... Yeah, they just it, was a, it was an above-average match. No, I, I, I was thinking about this. I don't like that match. I did not like the match. Because the problem is... To me, is that John Cena um, should have won. The reason why John Cena should have won is because now we don't have any storyline. But if Cena had won, you could have uh, Roman Reigns rematch or Roman Reigns doing a thing where he's pulling himself. Like I, I, it was such a good idea to have this like, concept of Roman Reigns beats Undertaker and then suddenly can't win any matches, big matches, right? Yeah. 
He should have just lost. He should have lost today. And then he could have just... He could have had a storyline of Roman Reigns building himself back up after... You know, I'm the big dog, right? But he can't win any matches. Like, that'd be interesting. Instead, he beats Big Match John after Big Match John hits him with every different variation of uh, attitude adjustment. And Roman Reigns wins after, like, one spear. It makes well, him look too Yeah, not, not counting the one through the table. Not counting the one that went through the table. Um, it makes... It makes the Shinsuke, in my opinion, it makes the Shinsuke Nakamura win a little weak. Um, it makes Roman Reigns look too powerful, even though he's been also treated like like garbage in the wings. Like you know what I mean? I, I don't understand. Yeah, I mean he, lo- he lost to Strowman a couple times, lost the ambulance match. I don't understand how you can win, I, how you can withstand four attitude adjustments and then lose to Finn Balor in his first night on Raw. That's what I'm just saying. You know what I mean? I can't imagine. Like you've lost, like the your place in the hierarchy is now way beyond Brock Lesnar. You're, you can beat John Cena after four AAs, but you can't beat Samoa Joe. Like you know, like the hierarchy is all is all goofed up now. Yeah, it's it's just it just it really should have been John Cena beats Roman Reigns, and then Roman Reigns spends like half a year recognizing and trying to refine himself a little bit. Maybe go heel, or maybe just stay face and have like a have like a rediscovery storyline and then a Cena Reigns part two. That's fine. Yeah. But to promote that match as like a WrestleMania type match, which it should have been with a lot of like whatever in between and then... There should have been more on the line. Yeah, that's what it was Because with, with all these shoot promos they were cutting at each other over the past four weeks, I was anticipating a much bigger match. Mm-hmm. I thought the pacing of it was fine. I thought the storyline of it was predictable. I thought that the false finishes were well placed. But in terms of overall match quality, it felt like, okay, this this could be the main event on Raw. Yeah. Also... This doesn't feel like a pay-per-view match. Yeah. And also, John Cena was overselling. Yeah, he was. John looked like he was, like, really not having... He, he was, like, having too much fun out there. <laughs> Next up was a match that... That was... You found quite enjoyable, if I recall correctly. Oh, Neville versus Enzo? Neville versus Enzo Amore for the Cruiserweight Champion. Um, no, I just... I'm not really finding it enjoyable. I guess the best way to just put it is that was how that match had gone. That was just yeah. Ends up going out cutting a hilarious promo where he called Neville a Keebler elf. Oh, that was great. Um, yeah, the match itself was weak. I mean, it's just Neville beating up on on Enzo Amore and Enzo Amore being a heel and winning the championship. It was fine. I mean, I, he's a face. He's a face. Quote, he's a face, he's a face, you know, face of a person. He's not a heel, he's not the foot, he's the top part of a body. He's a face. Yeah. But he kicks Neville in the nuts, and now... My personal hope is that Neville does become a face. I would like to see Mad King Neville, but I was like a good guy. Yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, Neville's run with the, with the Cruiserweight Championship has been the run of his career, arguably. He's yeah. another guy you could say was called up to Raw a little too early. No, I think Neville was called up when he had to be. It's just not a bad time for Raw. Yeah. Because he got called up. 2015. It was, um, you know what it was for Neville, or just NXT, really, I'll say this once a thousand times, it was really Kevin Owens that saved that brand, you know? Yeah. Like, just the fact that he had that match with John Cena, and... John, I don't care about your stupid belt, John. <laughs> I don't care. Because I have the NXT championship. Like, all those promos. And then actually yeah. beating John Cena, you're like, oh, NXT's real. It's legit. Which is why so many people have been taking it seriously. But Neville came in 
right before that. So it was just kind of like, it's kind of like he had to rediscover himself. He's the new, yeah. he's the, he's the new gen, he's a new era guy. But. But that doesn't take away, like when he, he came back last year, surprised Rich Swan. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. Everyone thinks, oh, he's going to be part of the Cruiserweight division now, turns heel, wins the Cruiserweight belt at the Royal Rumble. Oh, no, before the Royal Rumble. And then just goes on this tear with the, with the belt. I, I really enjoyed it. He also, um, oh, it was great. He also, I like, the, I, like, I like your phrasing. Oh, he's about to join the Cruiserweight division. And then he just carried it. And he's yeah, carried because. It, and he has been carrying it. He's the only good part of that show. We we love the cruiserweights. I love the cruiserweights. Yeah, but amazing. for a long time for a long time they did not have any personality. They have no yeah, Rich Swan's whole gimmick is he's Jordy LaForge who dances. Like, <laughs> uh, it's like it's bad. I feel it's because I think that Rich Swan's whole deal is that he's just Kobe Kingston circa two thousand six. Yeah, a little bit. Um Yeah, you're right. Um I think Yeah, Cedric Alexander getting hurt when he did, like really hurt the division. Yeah, I agreed. Also, um, it just sucks that, like, 205 Live is very good. It's, yeah. it's very fun. Um, but there's just no personality, and that's unfortunate because that does, that personality does let people stay. Yeah. yeah. And so joining is, and being Cruiserweight Champion is good. It's a good thing. It's, it's not great, but it's good. It's something. It's better than it was before. I that's, you know, that's what was so fun about... The Curtis Rosales run, quote-unquote run, was the Titus World Wide, you know, the ride yeah. of Titus World Wide. And um, I would have liked to, uh, you know, if, if, if uh, it would have done good for, like, Cruz, too. And I think yeah. um, they missed their opportunity because they moved Enzo. I think the whole point was, I think originally Akira Tozawa was supposed to yeah. run with it longer. But because they decided to move Enzo and thought it would be better if Enzo took the title off of Neville... That's why I think he lost at SummerSlam. Yeah. I think they made that choice the night... Like, I think they made that choice on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. Either way, um, it, it was fun watching Enzo come out in, like, the little Beetlejuice costume with the golden poop emoji on the back. Yeah. It was great. I mean, also, I'll never understand the golden poop emoji. I'll never understand the poop emoji, period. Yeah. Right. Finally, the main event of the night, the Beast Among Men, Brock Lesnar, against the Monster Among Men, Braun Strowman. Eddie, you and I both have an opinion on Brock Lesnar and his role in WWE. After tonight, I still have that opinion. I I'm not saying that opinion out loud because if Brock Lesnar listens, Brock Lesnar knows where my house is probably because <laughs> it's Brock Lesnar. The man fought. The man tried to fight a wrestling ring with his neck once and failed uh, right, you know, I'm going to go out and say it. Brock Lesnar as the <laughs> universal champion is just terrible at this point. Brock Lesnar... I get he's a draw. I get that he's fun to watch. I get that the crowd loves him. He doesn't need the stupid belt. So Brock Lesnar um, is, uh, is like one of those... He's like a big pen, the way that his neck uh, went into the canvas at WrestleMania 19. It's like... <laughs> like if you saw the graphic you'd think it was really funny yeah he's a big pen uh, Brock Lesnar tried to fight yeah Brock Lesnar tried to fight gravity with his neck and he lost but still won the match 
And now, yeah, and now he's still wrestling in spite of that. Brock Lesnar has a, had still has a concussion from <laughs> that injury, <laughs> and is still doing great. Um, and here's what I don't get though, because for the past few months, Brock Lesnar has they've been marketing him as a babyface. Which he never will be to me. Yeah, he's because like Samoa Joe just destroys Paul Heyman, his his advocate, not his manager. Yeah. Then he um, he survives a fatal four way. Gets after getting his getting his ass handed to him okay. at SummerSlam. Gets taken and out of the arena in a stretcher. Runs down the ramp. Finishes the match and wins. And tonight I had so much hope because Braun Strowman hit multiple running power slams. Hit a choke slam. He Got the crap beat out. He he got the crap beat out, but he also beat the crap out of Brock Lesnar. Made Brock Lesnar look human, not in the most in the most intense way since Goldberg did last Survivor Series. That's right. And Lesnar still won. That's right. I don't get it. Yeah. So I, so what? Now we don't see him till Survivor Series, the Royal Rumble. How long is it going to be? Um, I don't know. I just uh, I don't know. Brock Lesnar is just, he will always and forever be someone to be conquered and not. And that's about it. Um, he, I mean, the guy, he didn't, he, uh, I don't. Yeah, that's how we feel after most Raw pay-per-views, ladies and I gentlemen. Don't, I don't get, I don't get Brock Lesnar. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get him either. On the whole, though, it wasn't as bad as Fastlane this year. Was what was Fastlane again? Fastlane with Goldberg versus Kevin Owens. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. That whole match fits into a GIF. Yeah. Or GIF or whatever you want to call it. My friends in fucking... Hey, excuse my language again. Boston. It was It was better than that. It was better than Battleground and that Punjabi prison nightmare. Yeah, it was a solid... Um, it, it, it had its moments, but... If, I, if you know the smart... It was a smart pay-per-view because there were only six matches. It could so every match got a lot more time. Yeah, I'm and just, it could have been a cluster of matches. Like it could have been like eight matches. All I'm saying is like, look, I get Brock Lesnar doesn't want to spend so much time away from his family on the road. I get that he he's paid so much because no matter what we feel about him, he's still that much of a draw. I just you know the thing that gets me about Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar only has to travel once a week. Yeah, want, he I don't want to travel that much on the road. Just, I mean, yeah, just just, have, just just have him do Raw and. And don't uh, ask him. Don't make him do house shows. Yeah. What's so hard about that? I don't know. Go to work, Brock. <laughs> Get off your dairy farm. Sable's cheating on you with with some of the farm hands. Oh, please don't, Josh. Don't say things like that to a microphone where Brock Lesnar finds you. Because Brock Lesnar does know where you live. <laughs> Chuck Norris checks his closet for Brock for Brock Lesnar at night. Poor Lesnar. Poor Lesnar versus Juan Stroman. Oh, I totally should have wrote that down. That. Um, yeah, overall, solid pay-per-view, I'd say. Probably maybe yeah. like a B. I give it a B. I, I, like, I give it like a B minus, honestly. I also can't remember like the last like A pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean... I probably have one or two. Re- WrestleMania was up there this year. Yeah, I, w- oh, I would say NXTs, by the way. This is... Not taking NXTs are typically about B pluses A's. Um, yeah. I'm talking straight up. Eh, Mania was good, except for like just the championship matches were just garbage to me. Right. Um, I'll get back to you on the last. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Next. Oh yeah. Next. After we uh, do our Hell in the Cell reaction, we can talk about a pay per views. Anyway, that's gonna wrap it up for the Video Vault today. Um, you could follow us on Twitter again. That's uh, at Video Vault underscore PC. 
please follow us, book us, whatever you want us to do. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at JB'sWorld3286. Yeah, you can find me at Eddie underscore Doug. All right, thanks a lot for stepping inside the video vault, guys, and uh, don't forget to lock up.